I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, the buzz. Welcome back, AfterBuzzers. It is the mid-season finale for Vikings, the Vikings After Show, Season 6, Episode 10, Woo! Best Late Plans, Woo! and they're leaving us on a huge cliffhanger. Got my girl Lauren in the house. What up, Lauren? Hey! <laughs> so, it's finally spring. They've been waiting for uh, winter to break before they go to war, Yeah. and all hell is broken loose. Uh, as they've kind of, as they've kind of intimated, I think I wonder one of the characters actually said that too. But they say that every time there's a war, it's, it's the very end, the bitter end, the gods. <laughs> but we, the I will say just right off the top, the Russian fleet, the Rus, their army is very formidable, just in numbers alone. What was your impression of just of just the battle scenes? Well, their numbers are definitely overwhelming, and obviously Bjorn and King, well, King Harold really wasn't ready to accept it, but Bjorn knew the deal, and just seeing them overpower was a little bit sad to watch because, you know, obviously watching the Vikings, Mm -hmm. we know that the Vikings are victorious. And for the first time, we're really seeing them go up against a competitor that can wipe them out. And yeah. it's really hard to watch. I'm just like, Ugh. it's It's hard to watch. They're more superior when it comes to technology. And we're going to get into all that. Yeah. But, um, and, then the, and we've basically only been in two locations. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, uh, most of it obviously took place uh, not in Katagat, but Bjorn went to go reinforce uh, King Harold's army in, I guess, in the capital of Norway. Right. So that's where it mostly takes place. And, uh, and then Roos. So, but we're only in Roos for five minutes. So I guess we'll start off with that. We'll okay. start off with the sh- with the uh, the shortest, I guess, kind of like location first, and then we'll work all the way to the big battle stuff. Right. All right. So let's talk. So what happens in Roos? Ivar is sitting there with Vitzerk, and Vitz. They're obviously prepping for war, and Vitzerk makes this comment, uh, something to the effect of. I'm ready for. I'm committed to the destructive element. Something real, like mysterious and bizarre, like that. What'd you take from that? I, you know what? I'm still baffled because they have this moment of like, "Hey, are you ready to join our side? Are you ready to fight for the Rus rather than the Vikings?" And at the end of the moment, he kind of just gave like a half baked answer, and then we cut to something else. So. I'm left hanging to know if they have really betrayed their whole culture or if they're now just kind of playing along and we're going to see them give us this crazy twist. And uh, I think that's one of the themes, obviously, that they're playing. This episode has kind of like one hand behind its back. And almost to a certain extent, I'm wondering if anybody feels like this in the audience, is that the writers are being too cute by half. Like, we know there's going to be some uh, some big reveals, some 180 degree turns, and some and some betrayals, but obviously they're not tipping their hand. They're keeping it very ambiguous, i.e. Uh, with our boy Vitzer. Absolutely. And another thing that they really played a lot <laughs> in this episode is this whole thing of having like I don't know if it's more of a hallucination or if it's more of a dream sequence but there's this weird space where we're watching 
like a illusion of situations happen, and we just right. don't know if it's real or if it's in someone's head. Yeah, and 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 actually, it was very interesting, and, and we're going to get to that when we talk about uh, the actual war. But yeah, I was like, are these flash floors? Are these simulations? Right. And but but it's really interesting, you know, the way they edited the story. But before we get out of Roos and wrap things up, let's talk about what we thought was. Ivar's vision. We weren't sure. <laughs> there are all these, these, these such such screwy scenes. We're like, are these real? Are these a vision? And he goes crawling into like this, I guess, this bedroom in the sanctuary, and he sees Freydis, or what appears to be Freydis, because it's the, the same actress, blonde hair, and she's standing by like this little uh, sculpture with like wings right. behind her. So she's <laughs> looking all angelic. So that was another thing that was kind of like, okay, well, could this be a vision? Because it's almost surreal. And I don't know, what was your impressions on that scene? Once again, you know, originally when we're watching it, I'm like, is he hallucinating? Like, is he having like one of these dreams where he's wishing that his wife was back and he could do things differently? But then they continue on and it's more or less like, no, this really happened. He, he pulls just- a wig off. <laughs> There goes the illusion. <laughs> right. The wig comes off. I'm sitting there going like, man, did they really have wigs of that caliber back there? <laughs> Along with park benches in the middle of the battle. We'll get to that later. <laughs> right. I'm just like, okay, we are really high tech right now. Like, I need to know, like, who was uh, making wigs like that oh, okay. back in the day. Yeah. But, you know, so... I'm, I'm led to believe that it's actually real life right now. And 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 that becomes revealed in the next scene, or like in the next couple of scenes. Yeah. We see Ivar walking, kind of in the middle of the courtyard. We're, we're still in Rus, and uh, Katya comes up to him, and she immediately says, and like that was the one thing we had to rewind. She was like, <laughs> okay, I don't normally do this. Here's what that. Like, I never do this. Oh, I don't normally really do this type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something to that effect, right? <laughs> and so it's, it's, it's pretty much confirmed that it's real. Right. And obviously, Ivar, it's hard to tell what's going on in his head. And, and here's the other thing, too, which I thought was, was actually at least keeping to the history and continuity is that Ivar is not able to consummate it with her. Right. But they do, you know, share this, this evening together. And she immediately starts talking about how she knows about his plans to bring back uh, Prince Deer. Right. Okay, so can we trust her? Can Ivar trust her? Look, now, this is... <laughs> I think she's just as power-hungry as her husband, okay? Right. So I, I'm i still on the fence about her, and I, I guess y'all can leave in the comments as well how y'all feel about this moment and who she is in this moment. But for me, personally, I am very, very skeptical of who she is and what her true intentions are. Uh-huh. Because I believe that she loves her husband, and all these characters that stand by their husbands and their man, they always are willing to do these extra maneuvers to get the truth so that they can support and defend their country, their man, their culture, whatever it may be. So if I had to go off of like this show and its history and I would not trust her. That was yeah, I mean the first thing and they cut to uh Igor who's watching them, right? Yeah. Uh, and did I say is, is Igor the right name? I keep I keep sending the wrong name. Well King um King um Oluk. King Oleg. Oleg. Oleg was yeah. King Oleg. King Oleg was watching. Was them. watching them from the tower. From the tower, and they they have a moment, 
And he's kind of like, he gives that look of kind of like, what's going on? But she plays it, you know, as cool as a cucumber. Yeah. And then so, and then he immediately turns away. So then we're, then the audience is left to ponder, okay, does he know what she's doing? Right. Or is he just choosing to ignore her? I, I tend to agree that he knows what she's doing. They're in sync. But here's the thing, and it comes back to the whole conversation we were having about Bjorn's second wife, Ingrid, is that even if her intentions were true to her to her real husband, if things happen to shake out the wrong way, I get the feeling that both of them gonna, will ride with who's ever the winner. And really, what choice do they have in war, I guess? I mean, so there's some characters that are just loyal to the bone. Uh-huh. And then there are other characters that I feel like, for example, um, Ingrid or Queen Ingrid <laughs> at this second point. Queen. Right, second Queen. <laughs> Side piece Ingrid. <laughs> um, Like, there's some characters that I feel like they are in position by, like, a happy moment, like Mm -hmm. a happenstance type of thing. So, with that being said, it's one of those things that if it just happens to fall in their favor, then it works. If it doesn't, then it doesn't work. So, I just believe that they just want the power that's good for them, however they can rise. Right. They're looking for an opportunity to grow. And you know it's turned out to be the real ride or die, and we're going to get into more Gunhild, just because I've always kind of had, not doubts about her character, but I felt like in the very beginning, even when she met Bjorn and Harold, she was very clear that she was, okay, yeah, okay, I'm down to be a wife, but I have like my own destiny and my own principles. But she's turned out to be a real ride or die. At least that's what it's looking like. For sure. Okay. Yeah. All right, so let's find out about that. Let's talk about Norway. Okay. You know, we're getting ready for the for the big <laughs> war. Uh, things are getting set up. Uh, they're all, Bjorn has finally come to treat with uh, King Harold. Yeah. Obviously, they're putting aside, you know, their differences, you know, for this bigger fight. And Bjorn is full of these ideas because he knows his brother Ivar, and he's mm-hmm. he's betting that Ivar, because he knows the territory, obviously the Rus are going to be letting him lead the attack, and he's anticipating what Ivar's going to do. So the first, I guess you could say, crack in the armor is obviously King Harold. He questions uh, Bjorn's uh, defense to deal with the to anticipate Ivar. Do you think it was a real? Uh, do you think that was some real? Uh, I guess a, a legitimate uh, question, or do you think he's just doing that to f with Bjorn when he questioned his tactics at the very beginning? If you, you know, it, this is the problem that I have with King Harold. <laughs> among many. Oh yes, among many. Uh, he is a short man. <laughs> Napoleon complex. Yes, with a Napoleon complex. Okay. He literally is power hungry, and it's so funny because I was watching that opening, the top of that scene where it opens up with um, Bjorn on one side and Queen Gun Gunhill on the other side, and then you have King Harold. Um, center mm-hmm. of the two of them, and you just see like this height difference. If anyone noticed <laughs> yeah, that, you call that out. Yeah. You know, like uh, if it, you leave that in the comments if you feel so inclined. And so, and so you don't think it's like it's, it's uh, just happenstance casting. You mean they, they casted that for the character? They casted that for the character just okay. to show how much of like he wants to be up there. Like he needs to be because of his height. <laughs> because of where he is, he feels like he has something to prove on top of his hunger and desire to be king. Now he has that, and that's not good enough. Now he's jealous because Bjorn still has the love of the people. 
Right. Yeah, this is all coming out right now, basically. <laughs> Every, everything that you've articulated and that we felt about Harold, like all of his insecurity, we even cut to later in Norway where we see him sitting in his throne and he has his tear. Yeah. Because he bases, he's basically, uh, okay, so let's, let, let's talk about his last play, you know, due to his insecurity. Maybe he's, maybe he had a legitimate plan, a uh, question about Bjorn's uh, tactics, but he has another tactic where he goes and he attacks Ingrid. Yeah, you know, this here, you know, I don't hate King Harold as Mm -hmm. a character, but in this moment, I hated him. Right. I hated him because, like, how low do you have to stoop to be competitive to go and take another man's wife? And she said no. So now you're going to go and push up on her and essentially rape her in this moment because you want to get back at Bjorn so badly. Like, it's just petty well, and but more And more than anything else, it shows he's a bad leader, too, because yes. we were talking about this. You can play head games to get under Bjorn's skin, but I don't necessarily, if the night before the war is the time to be playing yeah. these games... And you want to keep, you know, you want to be able to trust your ally when you're on the same side of the battle. And so, yeah. So anyway, so so he, he his he, priorities are screwed. His priorities <laughs> are screwed. And we're going to get more to him later on. But one of the things that you alluded to is that he does not inspire loyalty, no. even though he won this election and he did all this double dealing, you know, behind the scenes that none of, none of us saw and was able to win the election and probably and buy these votes, basically promising people everything. Right. We see that all of his uh, vassal and all of his allies don't show up. Yeah, you know, and that's it's it's just one of those things that the way you treat people, it means it, like that's what's going to have longevity. And this is why Bjorn can still walk in a room, have a conversation and tell tell a messenger to say, "Hey, go send this out and use my name. Don't use Harold's name." Right. And and that's just one of those things that when you have the love of the people, mm-hmm. you will always be king. And that's one of the things that both of his wives were telling him. Yeah. Is that basically you're, you're the king no matter what? But more yeah. and more importantly, though, Bjorn inspires loyalty in his men. Absolutely. So yeah, I don't think. But the, there was a case, you know, not to skip too far ahead, but there was a time when they're looking on the horizon and they were saying, "Okay, those are our allies." But it wasn't allies; it was actually the enemy <laughs> coming. Yeah. So yeah, so we're on the so we're on the precipice of war. But let's talk about that. Uh, okay, there's it's one thing to know that uh, King Harold. His leadership style, he was able to politically maneuver. But I think a lot of that goes to what we're really talking about is his character. And I guess his attempt to rule with an iron fist. Because even though you may be able to coerce people, you know, and threaten them, rule with an iron fist, if somebody's not inspired inspired by you, then they're not going to fight 100%. And any chance they get a uh, chance to wriggle out, obviously they will. Yeah. So anyway, with that said, but yeah, and we talked about, so obviously, we talked about how uh, Harold is... It's kind of basically trying to work his way in with Ingrid. Eventually, overpowers her. Now let's cut to Bjorn's other. Let's cut to Bjorn's first wife, the one and only ride or die Gunhild. <laughs> she has a miscarriage when she's out yeah. there preparing for battle. Man, and I was like waiting for something like to happen. When you see like her and Torvi getting ready for war, you know something like that is going to happen at some point. Yeah. I don't know. So what was your what was your take on that? I was absolutely sad about this moment and devastated because, you know, she she is one of these characters that are just pure. 
like her motives and ambitions, they're not motivated by power. They're not motivated by stuff like selfish intents. We watch her have these moments where she can put herself aside Mm -hmm. and put her husband or put the second wife in a higher position than herself. And that takes a very strong and confident woman to be able to make moves like that. And she even says, okay, well, I'm Bjorn, I'm sorry. I know you wanted a son and I'm sorry that, because I know you wanted it, but yeah. hopefully you'll be able to have one by Ingrid. So obviously we see kind of like a thawing out of the tensions between the between the two wives. Right. And again, I'm more impressed. The more I see Ingrid, the more i like impressed with her character, you know, and her loyalty and her fidelity. You know, she is starting to prove her worth around here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. But I mean, it is sweet of her to it, it's nice in this moment and I'm still trying to be understand who she who this character is and who right. she is as a person in these moments because on one hand and this is where this episode plays so many different layers to people's intentions and their emotions and what's really going on in their head. Right. King Harold goes to her in a peaceful kind of manner of just like offering a, a opportunity to become the queen of Norway and kind of enticing and dangling a carrot mm-hmm. in her face type of deal. Right. And then that doesn't work. Now he presses himself up on her and tries to be forceful. And even in that moment, it's kind of hard to understand. Like, obviously she doesn't want it, but at the same time she isn't she's saying no but she's not the normal response of get away from me. Yeah, okay, yeah, and just to clarify too, now Harold has done this with both of his Bjorn's wives. He made it past, you know, trying to yeah. do the same thing with, with Gunhild. And so now he's 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 basically uh, overtaken her. And this is what we're talking about, the ambiguous message. Yeah. She's fighting back. She appears that she doesn't want it. He obviously overpowers her, rips off her shirt and right. turns around but they almost make it where the the to the point where he's finally overpowered her. I don't want to say that she's accepting of it, which anyone would feel defeated or overpowered, and that's in that moment. But they also cut to this vision she's having of her with, with right like putting a crown. the crown on. Yeah, it's the and that's where I say it, it's hard to understand her mm-hmm. character because the vision of her accepting this crown mm-hmm. and then there was part of the conversation where she was like well let's just wait and right. see what happens and, but which also could have, the, I'm sorry but which also could have been her a ploy to like kind of keep him off true. it goes both ways yeah, it yeah. does go both ways yeah. and that's why I say the writing is clever in the uh. sense of keeping like keeping us in the dark as the true keeping us in the dark of really understanding the true intentions behind what's happening in some of these scenes mm-hmm. and you know we would be led to believe that okay this is a rape scene it, it's not something that she wants blah, 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 moving on mm. but then there's that moment of the crown but just in case <laughs> right if things don't work out <laughs> which then makes you think that if whatever happens in the war uh-huh. goes south and Bjorn is gone or uh-huh. captured dead or runs off whatever the case may be right she would willingly accept yeah, as, a, as opposed to a gun hill who we now seem to so ride or die, she would like kill herself for sure at this right. point before she would like marry Harold if Bjorn, Bjorn was killed, I think. Right. So that's, you know, that's, that's where it gets tricky with this this scene. Right, right. All right. So there's, there's a lot of layers as we talk about. There's a lot of dynamics, but I just also want to let the audience know that uh, we're going to get to your comments from last week. We had so many comments from the last yes. episode, and we're going to try to give you guys as many of a shout out as we can. And then we got a quick announcement. Lauren's going to give us some quick news on uh. the future of the show. And then we're going to get to our best kill and then finally the predictions. 
So, everybody hang with us, and uh, I just want to say, now it is the eve of war. They can see the ships coming. Right. Uh, they've, they've made these plans, and they're cutting between uh, Bjorn and uh, Harold and his preparation. Mostly Bjorn, though, because he's in charge of the defenses. And Ivar and his plan, and it's kind of like this whole, you know, they got the, like the, the makeshift shifts and the soldiers, and it's right. almost like a chess match, and he's talking about how we're going to do this, and this is how we're going to roll upon them, but we're really going to plan this ruse. And uh, one of the things that you were alluding to that we're both really talking about is that they... At a, at a certain moment when uh, Ivar is, doing, is going over his plans, I think he's going over to little Prince Igor and probably he goes over with the other officers as well. But while he's going over his plans, they actually cut to the battle or right. what looks to be the battle. And you see the, the Rus, the Russians, like storming the beach. Right. So it's like, OK, has the battle has it already started? Has the war already started? Right. And so basically, uh, yeah. So the, uh, the rest of the remaining part of the episode basically unfolds like that, cutting back and forth between Ivar kind of describing what his plans are and we're like is this a simulation has it happened yet and so well to well to to cut right to it we do uh go full blown into the beach scene and they do get overrun and that we're looking at each other like okay where was all this technology and the boom and the yeah, and the and like the little, y'all learned from Paris like and y'all used it and it just honestly this scene at least the first half of the fight scene frustrated the mess out of me because I'm like you're allowing them to get in this this zone yeah, where could, you can no longer push off. Yeah, they basically let them I don't want to say let, but they were powerless to stop them from storming the beach and basically coming up on land. And while they had these blocks that they talked about, the block little blockades didn't really work and you know, we, we heard Bjorn talk about he's going to counter their pincer move, you know, so we had a little bit of faith in but we haven't seen like this boom and this... Trebuchet, as we call it, you know, when you see those in other like medieval shows, you know, we're yeah. like throw the rocks and stuff. So yeah, and catapults yeah. and all that. Exactly. So we haven't seen it yet, but we see them get overrun. Then we cut to another aspect of the battle. That's why it's confusing, but confusing in a cool way. We're like, is this be- is this before? Is this later? But basically, it's uh, the Rus, Ivar, and uh, Oleg storming another beach, storming another side. Of Norway, and you could tell it's a different it's a different uh, shore because there's more snow, I guess. And so I guess it's this two prong attack, and that's actually what what uh, Bjorn anticipated. Mm-hmm. But this time they're able to use one of their uh, boats as a batter ram, and they're able to batter through that little makeshift blockade that the Vikings right. had put up. So uh, that was kind of like the first point I saw. Okay, well, obviously the Russians, obviously they have the numbers. But it really hammered home how really they had the technology. Oh, and and just along those lines, too, in the previous uh, beachfront battle scene, they were using horses to kind of tie up the barricades and pull them down. So they were already they were kind of like one step ahead of uh, the Vikings as far as using technology, you know, to to pull down their defenses. Right. I was uh, like, for me personally, I'm I'm very disappointed in the Vikings usage of just understanding who their competitor was going to be. They knew that they were coming in hard with large, large numbers at the end of the day. So why would you let them hit on the beach? They were, they had, you know, made their way 
just a little bit ways from the shore and they were floating you watched them offload into these little boats you watched them paddle their little way over and that was a great opportunity for you to use some of the technology to throw some balls of fire <laughs> and hit the large ships and right. take out some of those numbers right. and I know that if we would have done that it wouldn't have made it a, such an epic moment of scene and right. made the challenge in X, Y, and Z uh-huh. but for me I like smart plays and I like smart moves when it comes down to action and fight scenes and right. this is one where if they knew and everybody was talking about it every character knew that there were going to be really really large amounts of soldiers coming mm-hmm. in this onslaught yeah yeah and i think the vikings are way more smarter they than should that. have been better prepared and you know what to me and you know what my response is that because I, I agree with you i like to call that plot armor like how come the vikings <laughs> are better prepared because the plot dictates that they need to be defeated so for because if we've seen like uh even lagatha amount like these better defenses you know technology wise and these mazes and everything obviously <laughs> right. that fight scene was extremely right. like smart and educated like so it was the, just- the plot dictates that they have to i guess be uh really looks like heading toward defeat. Right. And let's talk about that. While Bjorn is saying it, when we go back to Bjorn's point of view, we're switching from Ivar and his point of view, Bjorn, is he sees uh, himself on the battle of this beach where first uh, everybody's fighting and then Ivar pops up and it's surreal because we were thought, wait, were they talking before? Were they in some kind of, you know, like parlay? Were they making plans? And, but then when everybody's dead and you see just Ivar and Bjorn on the beach, realize that Bjorn is having a, really having a conversation with Ivar kind of in his head, right? Right. Okay, so I thought that was very interesting. I like because really what they were going over, it seemed like the, the who's really more credible for the legacy of Ragnar. Like, who's been the better Correct. son? Because uh, Bjorn talks about, uh, you, can, you know, you're fighting for this for these for these foreign gods, for these Christians. Our father would never like that. You're letting him down. And then Ivar hits him with the, well, you, did, you abandoned him when he asked you to go into battle that one last time. So it's an interesting back and forth uh, from the perspective of the characters. But I, I want to get your take on it, but I also want to know, were those responses, like, for instance, when Ivar said, when Bjorn said the gods are with us and I'm not abandoning the gods and Ivar's like, brother, the gods have abandoned you long ago. I almost didn't necessarily think that could be Ivar while Ivar is, I feel like Ivar is standing in for like, just like that voice of doubt right. in Bjorn's conscience. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, I agree a hundred percent with that. I took those scenes as exactly what you just said. It's their conscious, their inner being, their inner thoughts of them really trying those to questions you have. Exactly. Yeah. Them second guessing themselves, trying mm-hmm. to figure out strategic ideas and plans to defeat each other. And it's just one of those things of like, we're now in the minds of Bjorn. We're in the mind of Ivar. And that's that the beach just happened to be the location for that. Right. So it's one of those tricky things of just understanding, like, if you could have made better choices, if I would have done this. Could have, would have, should have. (laughs) Exactly. And I think that's what a lot of that conversation had to, you know, deal with. Because at the end of the day, maybe if Ivar did not go with Ragnar and Bjorn went, maybe Ivar would have been a totally different person. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's just things that happened along the way of the journey that shapes the it, person. So yeah, so Bjorn, Bjorn is is in the midst of like some deep soul searching reflection. But I do appreciate that 
because I had seen so much, I don't want to say second guessing about Bjorn, but he had taken a few licks, you know, he had lost a couple of battles and he's, 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 he's had an affair with his wife and he's kind of been like this whimsical back and forth. I was kind of glad that at least I, I thought what I felt was him kind of deciding, okay, I'm going to, the gods are with me and I'm going to ride this thing through no matter what. Just a little bit of, a little bit of self-confidence in spite of, uh, the, I guess the back and forth in his head, he seemed resolved to like, he didn't want to, he didn't want to retreat. And we, right. we saw King Harold, you know, uh, his people retreat or his group of soldiers, but Bjorn, we haven't seen them retreat. We've seen Bjorn in this whole battle, by the way, with the, uh, with the picnic, Bench in the middle of it. Yeah, it looked like to be. I don't know if it was a cup of coffee or is it like some toilet paper. I don't know. Something white back there. <laughs> something and- <laughs> white. And we know stuff happens like this, but people say, "Here's the thing." It's like, okay, well, why would you leave that in? Obviously, if you could cut it out, you could. The only thing I'm thinking is like maybe they needed that particular shot for the scene. I didn't think I would have just cut it out or blurred it out, but apparently the editors and the director obviously they talked about that. <laughs> this huge continuity error. We're leaving it, and maybe. They probably thought nobody would catch it, even though people did, obviously. You know, things happen. <laughs> things happen. And that was like a really cool, epic shot on Bjorn. So, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they didn't have any more in the can. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, that was that was a really good moment of him. <laughs> have, like, you just can't lose yeah. that. He was right kicking there. ass in that fight. He was being, he was being <laughs> powerful Bjorn. You're right. And, um, yeah, and so sometimes I'll, you'll even hear filmmakers talk about this. Well, this is what I was trained to. You go for the content of the shot, and you hope that people are looking at the acting, you Correct. know, the story. And don't Over, yeah, and, and miss the and miss the little, you know, uh, continuity errors. But, yeah, that was just really funny. <laughs> and in my mind, you know, the funny thing, I was like, well, maybe the Vikings, they have tables and they have benches. <laughs> like, to me, that could have been there, but, like, well, whatever left the table is like really what blew it for me. So we're interested to know what you guys think about that in the, con- in the comment section. Yeah, if you guys caught that and did it take you out or did it seem like it was part of the battle? The thing uh, is is that the, the color scheme all kind of blended in together. Right. So if you weren't really watching, you might not have caught it. Right. So It goes by really quick. It's only for like a second. Yeah. We had to rewind. All right, so we're working our way. We're working our way through. So the Russians are making really good headway. They managed to uh, storm the beach, and uh, Bjorn has to, I guess, uh, uh, re reconnect with his forces. You know, who like his safety force who have fallen back. But oh, here's one thing I want to talk about. The one thing I miss. I want to know if anybody else caught this when Ivar is describing uh, how they're going to attack the shore. He says, "Yes, we're going to attack." And our boats will be capsized. But we, even though our boats will be capsized, we will run over the top of them or something to that effect. And we'll get into these other boats. Anyway, we never saw that. That right. was just something. It was just some elaborate plan that we never saw. Maybe they didn't get a chance to shoot, whatever. But the bottom line, the essence of it is, they, you know, they take the they take the beach. Um, with that said. Bjorn, like I said, he's uh, he's regathered his forces. They seem to be mounting a, a good fight. And he's and he's and he's going back to I guess reinforce the beach, and you kind of get this I don't know you kind of get this this air of um what's alert what's what word I'm looking for deflation where he's deflated because he sees even more of their troops like their yeah. their ships coming not to mention more uh, more soldiers you know on the beach that he has to fight so that's the first time you feel like okay. It's kind of, before you were kind of losing it, but right now it's not looking good at all for the Vikings. So, yeah. I don't know. You're, I don't know. So, which, which will lead us. Well, let's just get to it. Let's just get to it. Bjorn, 
you see him fighting and you see him cutting back between his uh, vision with Ivar in this conversation, cutting back between him fighting and battle and he's being brave. We see King Harold go down and uh, we see Eric even go to him, picks up his crown, which is very interesting. I'm like, okay, what is he doing? Is he saving that? Is that customary what you do when the king goes down? <laughs> and then we see Bjorn get stabbed by Ivar and Bjorn go down. Yeah. Okay, so your thoughts on that, because we both, that was a very controversial scene, and we both, I don't know, we both have, we, we, we see different sides to uh, the way uh, the way that scene was depicted. I don't know. Your thoughts. You know, sitting here, when I saw that happen, that was one moment where I was like, did, like, did production just, like, fool me for the whole entire episode, and is this whole thing a dream sequence? Like, is this whole thing something that wants to be played out in um you know the opposing side's mind to kind of mm. figure out how they would like the battle to go right and i'm still questioning that because right. i'm just like really right we cannot kill bjorn, bjorn yeah and like that, no and it, it definitely the the way they they edited uh, the the episode it definitely plays with your mind like is this a, a simulation almost like this is a supposition well if things went this way this would happen but yeah. what if i went another way but they they end on Bjorn is stabbed. Yeah. Bjorn is killed supposedly by Ivar. But then, like, I understand that Ivar went the other way around. Uh-huh. He climbed the mountain. Right. And then you came back down. But they were still on the beachfront. So that's where, like... Well, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, they had to collapse a lot of the time. I hear what you're saying. But, yeah, so I'm glad you actually articulated that. Because, yeah, it was very important to... Art- to uh, for for them to show how Ivar says he's climbing around the mountain, he's coming around the back, so he's able to take Bjorn yeah. from the back. Apparently, it, yeah. But you know, when we watch him kind of like have like the whole display on the table, uh-huh. it, he showed like he was going to take over the city. Right. So it's different. Okay, this is the second time, and maybe right? you guys hope, but this is the second time when Ivar's articulated as his plan, it hasn't unfolded. That's not what they shot. So you guys, this is the second time, you know, uh, Lauren and I have caught this. So maybe do you think they're going to uh, show the show Ivar's plan uh, come to more fruition? You know, maybe we pick up next season. But I feel like, did anybody else notice that? But it was it was some great filmmaking. It was a great, you know. Oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. It was awesome, you know, way that he would narrate, you know, the attack. But there were a couple of things continuity-wise, like we said, that didn't happen. But. Okay, which leads us to believe, and then we're going to get on to uh, our comments and our news and our best-given predictions. But it leads us to believe, or myself, that somehow I wonder if the writers are tricking us and this is some kind of weird cliffhanger. I know. I'm look. I'm praying that they're tricking us because there's so many just weird like crazy things that are happening in this episode that are just not normal to and truthful to the characters or the scenes that we normally would watch from Vikings. And I don't know if this is because this is a mid-season finale and, you know, this is also the part of the final season. So I don't know if this was like a rush thing and we just need to jump ahead and right. we're trying to close the gap on time. Yeah, is it bad writing but, or is it intentional? <laughs> uh, no, that's not what I said. <laughs> You can say it if you want, but... Now, look, this is okay. what I'm saying. Okay, say what you don't want to put words in your mouth. <laughs> okay. I... What I'm saying is, is this a moment to really, really take a moment to fool the mess out of us? Right. 
Or is this a moment where we just really had to make tight calls and decisions and choose what was really important? Well, and, and that's a real discussion because I want to say bad writing, but you're limited by logistics. And we know this is the last season. Right. So they have a lot they need to clap. So I think, yeah. you know... More will be revealed. <laughs> I'm praying to God, like I'm praying to God that y'all did not just kill Bjorn. Yeah. Now King Harold, y'all can let him go. <laughs> King Harold died unceremoniously. <laughs> Nobody cried. Uh, Eric even took his crown. <laughs> and this is not towards anything to do with the cast at all. But right. Harold was a good actor. He, he made oh, he's you like phenomenal. Hate him. It was a great I weasel. hated his guts. Yeah. Like just because of the choices, man. Right. Make better choices. Right, right, right. So I mean, for me personally that character can go because I feel like the Vikings are just you know they have a, they they can do better than they that. They can do better. Well, <laughs> well, that leads us to that leads us to our abbreviated news segment. We basically just have a quick announcement. Lauren is going to talk about where we're at in the season and what's to come. Yeah, so here's the deal when it comes down to news. Everyone obviously has been talking, like we have been talking all season long, that this is the last season. We are we are going on our mid-season hiatus. This is episode 10, and we now want to know when do we come back, right? So there's no official release date at this mm. time. However, by history and tradition of the show, we typically come back in November. Sometimes they come back around the 28th. Sometimes they come back around the 29th. There's no date yet, but hopefully they'll be releasing a date and we will stay tuned. Now, that's several news articles that have reported this, mm-hmm. so that's just the overall news And right I think now. we have 20 episodes total, so it's 10 now and 10 at the Correct. end, right? Okay. Yeah, so we'll have another 10 in the fall, and y'all can catch up with us. Leave us comments along the way. Follow us. Mm-hmm. Leave us five stars. All of the good yes, stuff. Yes, 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 yes. But yeah, we will be back in the fall for the last 10. And then, of course, Netflix is still um, on track for their spinoff. So the spinoff is coming, and we'll have more details on that. Great. Good stuff, Lauren. And you were talking about the comments. Well, let's use this opportunity to get right to the comments, and then we're going to wrap it up soon. Yeah. I want to give a shout-out to Ely Man. What's up with Gun Hill's Golden Tears? Veronica. <laughs> oh, also, when are the others praying? I thought it was Latin. Oh, what are they praying? I just went language. And these are last week's comments. Right, right. These are last week's. And thank you for shouting, shouting out. Tiffany D. Tori said, I'm not... Ready, baby boy. The oh, babe, yeah. the baby changes direction. Oh, I was when okay. Tori was suffering her own miscarriage at ah, the time. Ah. Okay, so with that said, all right. So we're gonna get, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna get right to predictions. We have to wrap things up. Your After Buzz TV predictions. <laughs> so, Lauren, any thoughts on what's to come for the second part of the season? I would love to see, oh my God, I don't even know. I mean, for starters, I would love to see them just say that, haha, we were just joshing with y'all, and you know, <laughs> Bjorn is not dead. Like, right. I would love to see that. Right. That That's one of my predictions that somehow, some way, this was not something that truly happened. Um, and then my next prediction is that somehow, some way, the Vikings have to take their power back. There's no way that. We can just leave it that way. And I feel like that's going to come through some decisions that Ivar needs to make. Okay, yeah. Here's my prediction. And I, and I think all those are on point. I feel like Ivar is destined. There's got I think we're in agreement in this. I think while Ivar may be destined for a victory, there's got to be some middle ground where he's able to 
perhaps take back part of Norway, but also like uh, save his gods. Right. But what we want to see is interesting. What's going to happen to uh, uh, to uh, Igor? Not Igor. I keep saying uh, King Oleg. Oh yeah. So I don't know. Oh my god, he had that serious moment. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and then we saw Gunnhild actually go after him hardcore. That was crazy. So yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, hopefully Oleg. I'm 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 hoping that Ivar eventually takes Oleg out. And I'm seeing yeah. some type of compromise, and I'm hoping that Bjorn isn't dead. But, ladies and gentlemen, we will see when we come back, you know, in a few months from now. Yeah. So, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been the mid-season finale for Vikings. I'm proud to be working with my homegirl here, Lauren. Lauren, yes. where can they find you? Well, like always, you can find me on social media, but I will put a disclaimer out. If you do decide to leave us comments, leave us happy and loving comments. We are hosts and we do have feelings. So we want to have conversation with you. So be sweet and we will comment back. You can always catch me on Instagram and Twitter at Lauren B. Mostly that's M-O-S-L-E-Y. Hey everybody, it's your boy Al G. You can find me on IG at Al G underscore Jamaica House Film. And thanks for rocking with us. And we will see you on the back half of the season. And uh, leave us those comments and we'll get back to you. Oh, thank you for tuning in. We love you. Yes. Yeah, I can't just get out of here that, but we love you. I know. You. We thank love you, for, you. Thank you for rocking with us this whole season. For we 10 appreciate episodes. It. Appreciate you guys logging in. And we <laughs> appreciate the community. And we look forward to spending more time with you guys. We'll see you in the next 10 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.